0: And how do you look at um, it? Now? I tend,
1: I tend, I tended to explain it away as saying, how do I, how do I phrase this? I entertained the idea that the Old Testament was not reflective of God's actual will. Like, mm. I, I, I study the Old Testament and, and everything. And because of the contrast between, because the contrast of God's nature between the Old Testament and New Testament, because there's a very clear juxtaposition between those two, it was easier for me to say, okay, the Old Testament is warped. The God of the Old Testament is not the same God of the New Testament. Everyone who wrote the, the Old Testament had an agenda. Given the fact that the creation narrative was was taken from another pagan narrative, Noah's Ark was taken from the Epic of Gilgamesh. The Exodus was taken from the Amuse Papyrus. Ten Commandments were taken from the 42 laws or negative confessions. All those things I could be like, okay, the Old Testament is obscure. It's not reflective of God's nature. The the New Testament is where it's at. Mm. Um, That is where mankind discovered God's very nature and his will for us. That's pretty much how I explain it away.
2: Well, because if you think about it from a large, organized religion standpoint, we here in the West, Christianity accept old Judaism, but Judaism in and of itself today does not accept the New Testament. Why do we do that? They don't do that.
1: And the Old Testament is a polytheistic theology. El is the supreme god of the Canaanite pantheon el had a wife tar uh that sounds right eshram and elohim as christians like to say that's the trinity because it's it's in the plural form actually refers to all the children of el the pro, the bow ba, Forget the others but they're all yahweh was one of them they were all, every people group had a god assigned to them uh yahweh was the god of the israelites so it, it's a pantheistic story, and there's a, a scripture in Psalms where the God said, I will sit uh, in the highest throne among the gods, and mm-hmm. I will make the God, the so other gods like the men." There, Yes, thank you. There you go. Because of all that, I was like, okay, the, the Old Testament, not sure how I feel about that. <laughs> the New Testament's where it's at. But then you learn... The Gospels were written by anonymous authors. The oldest copies we have uh, are, were written 220 years after Jesus's death. So, okay, how? What's what's happening here? Yeah, not sure where that leads us into this conversation. Sorry. <laughs> no. It's
3: a- well, it's not. A, so there there are fragments of them that date way before that like way before that and even then in the first and second in even in the first and second century uh fathers you can recreate all of the gospels just f- simply by their quotations
4: I mean, and i would i would close the old testament um my my thing is like there's still so much historical value to it there's things that are verified from non-christian sources you know a lot of the exodus of uh, egypt and things like that you know there's egyptian literature that Correspond with a lot of the plagues and, and things like that. That's just like uh, you got to use it at least as a historical document to some. But the way. problem is the, the
1: the documents, the secular documents used to enforce the Exodus, are uh, is the M.U.S. Papyrus. It is older than the story of the exodus and it's very different the plagues are somewhat similar but still very different and it's the story of an invasion not an exodus but the plagues are so similar that it's pretty hard to deny that it was at least an inspiration for whoever wrote the exodus and and why they wrote it sorry had to interject oh
0: yeah so, all right. Well, let's go ahead. Let's move on to our next beer, um, and then I'll take us to a new segment, and then we'll, uh, we'll start wrapping things up a little bit. Um, so the first thing is, is that when Ricky does his TikToks all the time, he greets, he goes, hello, fellow heretics, and then, of course, we got Aaron Juice Maverka here. Um, so the other beer that I got for today is heretic... Uh, Make America Juicy Again. And take it away, juice. (laughs)
3: All right. So we've got this hazy New England-style IPA. This is all about bringing the juice back to American beer. It isn't about the football commercials and fancy packaging. It's about the liquid in the can. We spent our money, which is your money if you think about it, on an insane amount of the best hops available. So, he can. Ain't fancy. But the beer certainly is. Hazy, luscious, and full of juicy hops, this beer is brewed with no bittering hop addition—just whirlpool and insane amounts of dry hopping—that results in a gentle bittering and huge, juicy hops profile. So juicy!
2: Love the can. It's awesome.
3: <laughs> okay,
0: it's pretty good. And it's juicy. It really is.
3: Ooh. Okay, so.
0: It hey, we does did Cheers have... before but cheers. Are we <laughs> cheers. drinking that now? I don't have whatever you all drink. <laughs> Sorry, like yeah, now. I couldn't find that second one, Ricky. <laughs> so I thought I'd get the heretic for you.
3: So there is uh it is a little bit heady on the top, not no. too
4: bad. Super smooth. I'm not I'm a huge either. IPA and when they start talking about all the hops. Yeah. Wow, there's there's like no. Mm. Yeah, no bitter. Not super bitter. No. All oh, good. Yeah, I do it, not like it, IPAs. Yeah, it, you know. it tastes
0: like cat piss. <laughs> and pine needles. Oh, like not if you don't done like right. you don't like it. Nah, right. <laughs> not, not if I done like right. Not done right. Yeah, but this is good. It's
3: it's it has a nice fragrance on the top. Not flowery, but you
4: can you can taste and smell the citrus. You do I do smell it. I. It's weird. It gives like a a, a summer shandy note without all the citrus, which yeah. makes it a little flat. It hits a little flat, but. It does. But it's smooth and and refreshing,
3: and it is hazy. You can you can't quite see through it, so you know they're not lying.
4: I like it though. For an IPA, I I, I dig it. I can there. drink. I can drink probably a few of these.
3: Yeah, this is definitely going to be on the list. <laughs> Sweet. All right, yeah, what right, do you got so, for us, George? All
0: right, for the next part, a little more short discussion. Um, as stated, right? Uh, I'm kind of the shallow guy. Like I I don't not as um educated in theology and the bible as you guys are so i went through and i found some interesting verses and i thought maybe the four of you guys could help me understand um i would love to hear the first one is directly from ricky so i'd like to hear his take and his explanation and i wasn't sure if this was real or if this was like from a romance novel but uh
2: Oh, it's real. Hear me out. (laughs) All right. Ezekiel
0: 2320. She lusted after her lovers whose flesh is like the flesh of donkeys and whose discharge (laughs) is like the discharge of horses. Guys, Mm. guys, guys, what's going on here? What are you reading? What are you guys reading? What are you doing to me? So what's this? I'm just I want to learn. Listen, listen. Hey, let Rick, I want, Ricky, what do you got for me? Don't
2: call Christianity boring, man. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever call it boring. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of kids. You All could
0: right, call you, it a lot of things, but You got but five not kids, boring. four kids, five, five kids, five yeah. kids. Ricky's got a hundred kids or something like that. you have got four. Four kids, Four, four yeah. boys. So what's this about, guys? Anything you want to tell me about this? I, I mean, actually
2: don't know. Can you give me more context, actually? Seriously? What's uh, the...
0: <clears throat> Ricky, would you be able to help me out it's, on this since I'm it's
1: similar to there's a scripture in Songs of Solomon or a a chapter in Songs of Solomon that says like uh, her her breasts are like cantaloupes. I will I will <laughs> climb upon the tree and take part of of the breasts or the cantaloupes. I forget the exact wording, but <laughs> the way I was taught um, is that this is also allegorical to a relationship with. God, oh, um, Oof. I sure hope not.
0: I actually, yeah,
1: that. right. It's kind of weird. You've but... <laughs> heard
0: that before. Yeah. That's wild.
1: Wow. Yeah. Anyways, we are we are supposed to be romanced by God, and we are supposed to be His lovers. That's kind of the language that was taught to us. It's kind of weird. How does the cantaloupe? But fit that's in the way that. it was explained away <laughs> to us.
2: It's So descriptive well the camera is for your journey to the the top of the hills
1: now that i think about it i see what you did there so
0: this one this one's for juice and juice you know deuteronomy well um no one whose testicles are crushed or whose male organ is cut off shall enter the assembly of the lord what's 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 that about (laughs) what's that about
3: because only perfection can be in front of the lord
0: That's it. No blemishes. Yeah. And you guys are cool with that? Like, only per- I thought no one's perfect. This is
3: Old Testament Jewish law, man. It's not no. me.
0: <laughs> it's Old Testament
1: Jewish law. You have to have. You have to have ripe cojones in
3: order to enter into <laughs> okay, heaven. Like some that big, is a solid... Water. Oh no, it's it goes further. It goes further. So if You've you go further into in. it, yeah, <laughs> you you literally can't have to be unblemished if you go through the entire chapter. You can't have like shingles. You
4: can't
0: have yep. bald spots. Um yeah. You'll, you'll never goes, see God.
3: Go- you're bald. I know, right?
4: <laughs> well, they're just talking about like in the tabernacle or something, you know, yes, like the, the, the Holy of, Holy of Holies. Holies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh so yeah, it, you I will say they were very picky. And I think this also is like protecting, you know, as they're they're migrating across the land. They send any anybody out of the area if they displayed any sort of potentially contagious thing. You know, I mean even women when they were bleeding, they were sent away. And I mean, I think that's a great idea. But it also you know, it, it definitely has cleanliness, you know what I mean? Where's
0: the bell? Where's the bell?
4: Someone's yeah. never got the red wings. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
4: So I think so, I think I think a lot of that is is protective, honestly. It's like they, they didn't want to contaminate. Not that I mean the crushed nuts is that's kinda of weird, but
2: yeah, that's Right. Um, okay,
4: well let's go. Me.
0: Let's go. New Testament. I believe this is New Testament. I could be wrong. Is Matthew? New Testament. Matthew. Is, yeah. Five twenty three. Yeah. yeah. Um, what you so, read your Bible? Uh, whoever learning. marries a divorced <laughs> woman commits adultery. I just think that's odd. So what's going on with that one? Why Why is it adultery? Um, if it's a divorced woman. So,
3: so that one is a relation to purity in relationships and. Um, that's what it comes down to: is purity in relationships. What what therefore so the could be pure, but what, what therefore God has united uh, should not be put asunder. So in other words, if God brought a husband and a wife together, then you should try as hard as you can to never cause a separation inside of that because it breaks the family unit; it's bad for the kids, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's ultimately what it breaks down to. There's a deeper, there's actually a deeper context to that because if we go again back to that time period. Um, The deeper ramifications of that is if a uh, husband were to leave the wife, it would be far, far harder for her to take care of herself and her children during that time period. So there's a much deeper ramification in context of that time. So, I mean, they could literally just starve to death.
0: So So this next one will be our uh, transition to my uh, next real question. So the last one, uh, Corinthians. uh, The women are to keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak. (laughs) I mean, and that's a a hot topic for me, is how women are treated in religion. So what's what's that about? So
1: I'll start off with this one. Great. The way it was explained to me in the church is that women were uneducated at the time. So whenever an issue was brought up during a sermon, they would ask questions to their husbands, and it would cause a lot of noise, and it would disrupt the service as a whole. And that is why Paul said, "I I don't allow this." Not necessarily that it's God's law, mm-hmm. but that is that is the reason
3: for this. Yeah. And in, so, can, can y'all confirm? Yeah. Yeah, and and Which makes sense. It's a convenient way to explain that away. Well, True. well, Corinthians is also written to a very specific Jewish sect as well. Because remember, these are predominantly teachings to very specific churches. And it just so happens that that was a very Jewish sect, and there is a cultural impetus behind that one. So I'm not—now, that being said, that is not followed in the church—in uh, the historic churches. I can't speak for all of them, but that's not followed in the historic churches anymore because that was, to a very specific group.
0: Okay, so I'll, I'll go ahead. I'll uh, just transition from there for deeper discussion um and i, I am going to kind of leave it open for you ricky i'm just going to kind of mention this generally but um as i had mentioned i think women in religion is a hot topic for me uh, i mean oh yeah christianity um islam and so on i just there's so much I, I mean again there's just so much but i think one of the discussions that we've had um was the women's role in life when it comes to the bible um you know i i think uh And the two hot topics that we had, um, one I had out with Mike and one I had out with Juice was um, one was I just uh, to me, it's almost offensive that, you know, um, it says that women shouldn't be the uh, head of the household. uh, It should clearly be the man. And the other one is uh, and I want to put paraphrasing a little bit, but I think Juice was kind of pushing back on me that he feels like women are represented in Catholic Christianity leadership, uh, where I tend to disagree. I uh, just wanted to get your take on that, and I'm leaving it kind of broad just to see where you want to go with it, sir.
2: No no pressure there, George. No
0: pressure. Um,
1: this is also representative of the culture at the time. Women didn't have rights. They were uneducated. They were seen as lesser than men. They were seen as property to men. That was cultural, not necessarily God-ordained, but at the same time, I feel like if God had a problem with it, he would have said something by
0: now. Um, well, a woman can't be pope. And I know Mike is very confident with, you know, being the head of his household. And he said his wife was accepting of that. I'm divorced, by yeah. the way. <laughs> he, is, he is. But that was a conversation. I was going to leave that out for you. But that was a conversation that took place. And, you you know, that was instructed to you by your manuscript on life, the Bible. Um, yeah. I don't know. So what, what would you say about that?
1: There are some teachings that you can't really explain away so easily, like what you just mentioned. Women are supposed to submit to men. Men are, are the head of the household as they are submissive to Christ. So, yeah, there is there is a sense of sexism. This is also where the idea comes in from Islam that women are not supposed to withhold sex from their spouse as a a form of punishment. Uh, The idea is women are are property. They are lesser than men. But again, this this is cultural. So there's this clash between what is, is theologically accurate and what is culturally prevalent at the time. And you can go either way, depending on what what agenda you're trying to push, mm. for lack of a better way to phrase it. Okay, I'm drawing a blank now. I think <laughs> that's all I right, I got. it's like,
0: all right. Um, Juice, do you think women are represented well in Catholicism? <laughs> I mean, in terms of their leadership. I mean, you give a lot of doubt for Mother Teresa, but in general, yeah. I mean, like, can't they just get okay, higher f- than a bishop? Mother Teresa, first of all. What's that? But whoa, said, whoa.
1: F- Mother Teresa, first of all. <laughs>
0: yeah, but there we go. Let's go. But there is
1: there is a a, a female apostle that, that Paul appoints, as I'm sure uh, a couple of you, know, you two are familiar with. As much as Paul says, you know, women are allowed to speak in church, but then he appoints a, a female who is an apostle who has authority over the men of the church. So it's a little confusing, right? But yeah, f- Mother Teresa.
0: Okay, so go we there. I'm, I'm ready to explore that.
2: <laughs> Ouch! I I'd ring the bell for you, but I can't reach it.
0: Wait, what? So so what? Do you find like I? So what's your quarrels with Mother Teresa? Do you find her unethical? I mean, this is all new to me because like, right? It's like, who do you think you are, Mother Teresa, when you're being really good? And uh, I that's the first time I've ever heard that statement. So I um, I'm that's, intrigued.
2: That's so true. Even if you're really? not religious,
1: are, are you not familiar with Christopher Hitchens? No. <laughs> he he he's spoken a lot about this mother Teresa went out of her way to deny the people who died adequate medical care like she she purposefully blocked modern medicine from helping them to recover from the ailments in favor of keeping them in her sanctuaries which were very inadequate uh, to care for them and she pretty much just mm-hmm. She 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 created a way to tell to deny them the medical help that, she, that they needed in order to let them just die
4: wow. in
1: her in her facilities, and she very cleverly painted this as a way to seem charitable. Look into this. I'm, I'm not an expert on the matter. Um, right. I'm, I'm not. It, it's it's a thing. It's a thing. Mother Teresa is is very misrepresented by history. She she was a religious zealot who denied modern medicine in the favor of of pushing her agenda. Yeah. Look into it.
2: Well, I'm just going to drink my beer on that one.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'll look (laughs) into it.
2: Hey, was she Catholic?
4: (laughs) I think. I think. uh, So going to no, I was gonna <laughs> say on, on church same.
3: hierarchy, one of one of the only positions that women can't hold are priests and which are also bishops, right? Bishops are priests, right? So and that's only because the twelve were male. Anything else a woman can hold, and actually there are there are women all over the world that outrank the priests. So it's not a matter of You know, the priest is outranking people because the priest often doesn't even hold the highest position in his neighborhood. So there's one, and that's really it. They can't hold that one position because Jesus Christ only appointed men as those 12.
2: Gave it to his bros.
3: And that's, but again, that being said, there are women all over the place that outrank those priests. So
1: which is interesting right how, how did paul appoint a, a woman to the the apostolic position which is higher than even pastoral mm-hmm. but mm. previously say yeah women aren't allowed to talk in my church and like he made an exception for one person for some reason like yeah well there was why? more than one mm, there was more
3: like
1: there's more than talk. one but yeah. <laughs>
3: But there, there was. Uh, yeah,
1: you're, you're, that's fair. There, there was more than one. Yeah. But they all seem to come on a case by case basis. Mm-hmm. It, uh, generally, women are allowed to talk in church unless they can convince him that they are worthy. And then they are elevated to a level that is above even the pastoral. Yeah. So. How do how do we, rec- so, how do
3: we reconcile this? I, I think I think a lot of that is going to be very hard for us to parse because there's not corroborating evidence of their educational level, uh, right? Of, of of where they ranked in their in their own towns. So it's it's going to be hard for us to parse that. We know that it happened, but it's going to be really hard for us to parse why it happened. Now mm-hmm. that being said, Paul is not Jesus and so Paul did not make any any apostles of Jesus. And that's that's the whole idea behind that is Jesus elected those 12 and that's why only priests are. But again, it doesn't mean that the priests are outranked the women because there's women all over the world that outrank the priests. So
2: so in the Catholic Church defense here since I was picking on them. Oh be nice. <laughs> uh, you still see some of the effects of this kind of thing, I think, more within the Protestant side of things. Recently, you got Beth Moore and um uh, famous, famous pastor, Southern Baptist. Joyce Meyer? No, her name is Beth Moore. Oh, She's really? a pastor, but then she was going back and forth with this other, I can't, it, his name will come to me. Very famous guy. He's written a ton of books. Uh, very, very uh, highly esteemed. But they were going back and forth because he believes it you know, she's basically a heretic, a sinner. She shouldn't be up there teaching in her church, you know. uh, And they, you know, they were going back and forth. So you see this still playing out to this day. Like, hey, you can't silence us. Jesus came for all of us. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I do think uh, this is relevant in
4: today's day and age. I think gender roles, (laughs) for the buzzword, you know, I do think there's, I like the difference of having gender roles. And I'm not saying everybody needs to be assigned a gender role, but the majority, I do think there are differences. And whether that's nature over nurture, I can't really say. But I know going back to the Old Testament where um, Genesis says, women will want to control the man. And, you know, that seems like what does happen in that gender role. Like, um, And my I know I don't have a lot of credibility when it comes to relationships, but I know when we did follow more of those roles and i was supposed to i was i'm not good i'm i'm more of a passive person so i wasn't good at taking the reins and that seemed to kind of frustrate our relationship a little bit but my ex was very good at taking control and wanted to take control you know but the more i let her the more it did seem to cause strife and i feel like today's uh you know brand of feminists i i think kind of perpetuate my my stereotype because I, I think they do want, it's not just equality, it's total control and domination, <laughs> you know? So I think that supports, like, that, again, to me, ties the Old Testament to the New Testament. I can't
3: speak to that. I will say that hmm. in our catechism, it does list husbands and wives as, as, uh, as co-anchors of the home, and as uh, co-heirs with Christ, and that one does not rank the other, but they live in unison over the family. So that's that's the way it's described in our catechism.
2: John MacArthur is his name. Ah, okay, okay. Beth Moore, John MacArthur, the whole debate there, I mean, it's it's been going on for a while. They go back and forth. Hmm. Uh, but you still see the effects of it today, really, because, you know, at least within our denomination, a woman can go through all the training that her male co- uh, counterpart will go through. And at the end, she can only get a certificate. She can't be ordained, you know? Okay. Ouch. Uh, so it's interesting. I mean, you, you still see it, right? It's like, here's your, good job. You did it.
3: We pause right there. We're going to do a word from our sponsor.
2: Hey, it's Gumby here from Bible Over Brews. Are you looking to get some editing done in your podcast? Maybe you don't have the hours or time it takes to edit your content, but you still need to get it done. Maybe you need a customized track or a song for your podcast or your next project without having to worry about copyright issues. Well, look no further than soulworkmusic.com, where this footwork is done for you. I'll get that editing post-production work done right for you or create you that customized song that fits your project or podcast to help support your life's work. If this sounds like what you need, reach out to me at soulworkmusic.com. Again at soulworkmusic.com. And remember, there's nothing taboo over brew.
0: Beautiful. Well, I got I got one more, um, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. All right. So, uh, Rick, I, I think you were uh, you had mentioned you like to ruffle feathers with this. Um, you said you kind of you're kind of half and half on it, but you know, uh, like me, you like to agitate sometimes and. Um, intrigue some discussion amongst people that follow you um and that is that um there might be some evidence that jesus wasn't even a real person
1: yeah that's right there um so as far as the the extra biblical accounts of jesus goes okay stick with me here you have josephus the testimony in Flavium and Josephus is widely regarded as a, as a forgery. Right. You, you seem to understand what I'm talking about. The second mention of Jesus, when it says that Jesus, the brother of James, um, who was who was the Christ, that term the Christ was applied, was meant to be applied to James, not Jesus. It was a title, James the Just. The just is another word for the Christ. So James the Christ. This is also evident by the context of that entire passage, which is uh, contextually about the high high priesthood. The same Jesus was made high priest after James's execution. Contextually, it is extremely unlikely that he was talking about two separate Jesuses. Tactus just mentions that Mm. Jesus was executed by Pontius Pilate. Doesn't say that he was crucified even. Just as he was executed, and that's all he says about him. So there is there is not a lot of evidence for Jesus existing in the first place. We have the name; we know of thirty, a little bit more than thirty historians and writers who existed during Jesus' life, or within a hundred, within a century afterwards. One of which, including Josephus' father, who was a, a high priest in Galilee. He would have written about the things that Jesus said and things that Jesus did. He would have been required by law to record the things that happened uh, regarding his death and his resurrection, especially when Jesus died, the temple was split in two and the veil was ripped in half. He would have been required by law to record those things. It was a very well-documented time in history but there's nothing, nothing at all. So it's very weird. However, comma, there's a lot more testimony to the existence of Jesus than there is about Pontius Pilate or there is about Plato or there is about, you know, any of the other historical figures you can mention. So there should be, there should have been a lot more Recorded about Jesus than than there is, but there, there's more written about him than there are about other people. That it's not even contested that they existed. So I I am personally struggling with with that issue between mythicism and did Jesus was there a, a real person who existed? Uh, yeah, because. Uh, again, in the Jewish Talmud, not again, but in the Jewish Talmud, there are a few other Jesus that have been recorded, one of which was a carpenter, he, Jesus bin Sadir. He was executed because um, he, he preached like end times a little too much, and he was executed by stoning and then being hung on a tree. There was Jesus Ben Sadir, who was a a, a sorcerer or a self-proclaimed sorcerer and he could not recreate some of the sorcery that he said he could like the um was a woman who was supposed to die of childbirth but um he was supposed to be able to miraculously allow her to give birth of a child I think I'm getting I might be getting this mixed up in any case he was supposed to be a sorcerer and Pontius Pilate told him he needs to recreate um this dark magic that he claims and he couldn't so he was also executed by stoning and then being hung from a tree mm-hmm. um yeah. so there's a lot of parallels about the mm-hmm. the biblical jesus and the historic jesus mm-hmm. there's more evidence for those jesus's jesus i
2: <laughs> jesus
3: ada what's the plural for that
1: um Jizah. got it
3: yeah perfect yeah. I mean, there's even the Bible makes references to the other Jesuses. Um Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But the, well, there's
1: more. Yeah. There is more extra biblical evidence for them than there is of the biblical Jesus that created all this stir among the temple, among the people. Uh, Jesus rose people from the dead. He healed the blind. He healed the women, the woman from the issue of. Of blood when he died, there are all these tombs that were suddenly empty because everyone rose up and started walking around as zombies. No one wrote about these things. Lazarus was rose from the dead, didn't write anything about it. And they would have, Lazarus, sorry, the the, the rum I've been drinking is hitting me. So all that to say, all these people that performed all these miracles, right, he fed the thousands, he healed the lepers, he healed the blind. Nobody wrote or, or inscribed on stone about any of these things. And, and Paul doesn't talk about any of these things in his epistles either. He talks about the Old Testament. He doesn't talk about Jesus very much. So, what do we
3: do with this information that we know of? We only have so many letters of his left. So,
1: right, which only about seven of them. And I, and again, I was always taught in the church, Paul wrote all of these epistles. And then I go to Bible college and like, yeah, he only wrote about six, maybe seven of them. And by the way, Acts and Romans is or maybe not Romans, Acts is definitely not one of them.
3: No, Acts um, and, and Luke were both written by Luke. is
1: definitely yeah. not one of them. And I'm like, okay, hold on, what? Yeah. So my world comes crumbling down around me. So what do I make of the information I've been given here? I'm, I'm all too willing to believe what is true, but I need to know what, what is true. And, and yeah. there's so much confliction here.
3: I feel you on that. I feel you on that. There, there is a lot more supporting documentation than that. I mean, like, like Bart Ehrman said, Bart, you know, yeah. famous atheist, did a great job yeah. supporting Agnostic, the the, yeah. the historic Jesus. You know, he he actually said, no, no serious historian can ever deny there was a physical Jesus. I mean, that's, right,
1: but Richard Carrier disagrees with him. So I'm kind of I, I, I'm, I'm familiar with both of their positions mm-hmm. and they both make compelling arguments I am I'm, I'm having a difficulty being uh, having a difficult time being swayed either way but yeah. that, that's just me my own personal struggle
3: it would be it would and it would be easier to dismiss if you didn't have the validation of first off the New Testament and then. The first century documentation of followers as well, because if you go into the first century followers, very compelling arguments of people who were actually taught by the apostles. So, you know which, and then the second, second generation gets even stronger. So, you know, yeah, and then
1: like the the uh, I, I mentioned earlier, the earliest documentation we have is is P forty five. Um, which is the most well-preserved version of Mark It's missing three chapters from the beginning It's missing four chapters from the end mm-hmm. There is one, ver- or one uh, papyrus that is P42, I think It's about the size of a credit card It's very small It's got a little bit of John in it uh, beyond that, there's not very much until you get to the fourth century. We don't get a four a full version of the Gospel of Mark until the fourth century. Mm-hmm. And, and then we start getting versions of Luke and, and John and Matthew. Well, the- so it, it's like not only do we have this this one documentation that is 220-ish years after Jesus death, that is a copy of a copy of a copy of a copy that was passed down from oral tradition by people who were illiterate, and at some point got to someone who may kind of understood how to read and write and translate ancient Greek. Even still, they did not have a very great explanation for it. They misspelled a lot of words, they misquoted a lot of things. Yeah. So, that our earliest account of the gospel of Jesus, Mark, which is horrendously inaccurate already. And then, a few centuries later, we get another copy that is finally f- full, but it has a lot more issues. So, how can we be well, sure?
3: The biggest the biggest argument to that, though, is that you can recreate the gospel simply through the, the first couple centuries of quotations. I mean, the church fathers are quoting it left and right starting in the first century. So you can recreate all of the gospels just simply by going back and using their quotations.
1: That, that, that's fair up to a point. 1 Corinthians 15 is the earliest mention of, of Jesus. It's written about 20 years after after Jesus' death, which is 20 years earlier than Mark is even written. But that begs a lot of questions. Well, so I, yeah, uh, the again, Gospel of Mark. Yeah, sorry, go ahead.
3: Well, I was going to say, but again, if you if you go to your to your first and second century writers, they're quoting all of these, and so we know they existed at that time because they're quoting them.
1: But what is he quoting? Because he says it says in the scriptures that Jesus is um, will rise again. He he's not talking about the gospels. He's speaking prophetically. He's talking about the Old Testament. Because that's what Paul did, a ever so vast majority of the time in his writings, he referred to the Old Testament. Oh yeah, uh, miracles doesn't talk about the New Testament miracles, but talks about the Old Testament miracles very frequently.
3: Right. I'm not referring to the. I'm not referring to the epistles. I'm referring to the gospel quotations of the, of okay. the original okay. church fathers. So okay, sorry. No, that's okay. Yeah, sorry.
0: <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, last last one for everyone. Then, all right, excellent. We're at crossroads, pun <laughs> intended. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so I think we all agree that we all like strong, tangible evidence, experience, um, and in my experience, and just when I'm when I'm reading things, it just it, it seems like more of a fairy tale. Um, what what's your guys' what would you what's your tangible proof that this Christian God exists? I wanted to hear from you guys. Like, what what's yours that you know it? Like this tangible evidence, boom. Because I I think um, one thing, and Rick had mentioned this in his TikToks, and I've I've said this to you guys here almost verbatim. We almost said the same thing, Rick, Uh, and that is, I'm like, you know what? Make me believe he was real if he zapped himself into this room on this podcast right now and was like, okay, (laughs) hey George, here I am. Um, but that never happens. But yet, you guys are you you have so much conviction. And you guys really do believe, but you've never had this moment where God zapped himself into your podcast or your bedroom and to say, hi, how you do. Um, So what is your tangible proof that God exists, if there is any? I mean, I could start and I could say there
4: never be tangible proof. And to me, like it goes kind of back to miracles. Whenever Jesus worked a miracle, most of the time he said, don't tell anybody. I just did this for you. And that I think because I've told people and they refuse to believe and almost they'll look at you. Thank you. Like, you're crazy (laughs) when you tell them this. You know what I mean? So I've had God show up multiple times that miracle. I've had him communicate. I've heard audibly, not through my ears, but some cavity in this area, um, like a prophetic message that I didn't even understand what it meant until many years later. And that could be me putting together the pieces and forcing it. So there's nothing I can say that's going to be like, oh, this is it. Look, I just boom, now you're convinced. Nothing I can say but convince me. So I can walk o- away and be super sure because it turns into a personal relationship no less real than the relationship with you and your wife or you and your mom. You know, like, like you just have... Well, my the- wife
0: exists. Ah. My wife's there. <laughs> well, she'll well, call she'll answer the phone right now. Yeah, but it. God
4: existed before even she did.
0: But he doesn't... <laughs> I don't, but you're saying you he right. exists now. He well, doesn't, it, would a Powerful God, you're saying he exists now. He does. But there's no tangible evidence of his... Existence.
4: It, would I like a telephone and be able to talk to God on speed dial? Absolutely. It would be so much easier. But it doesn't happen like that. And honestly, it creates for a deeper,
0: deeper relationship. So I should quit communicating with my wife as often as I do. Is that what you're saying? That distance
4: makes the heart grow it fonder. distance. <laughs> yeah, ignore <her. laughs>
0: Um, oh, you Shakespeare, you. <laughs> <laughs> now, Juice, I know you speak a little bit more about. I'll, let, let Gumby you... go first. Oh, Gumby? oh, thanks. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Juice is saving his for the hard hitter at the end.
2: Now, uh, what's the question again? <laughs> Tangible <Digital laughs> evidence. What, evidence.
0: What's your proof? Like, what, <laughs> well, what's your moment? Like, God first of did all, this.
2: you don't pray hard enough for God to just come in and show you He exists. And you didn't sacrifice a, a lamb. <laughs> you I <got> would. <laughs> You I got
0: to, slipped that lamb's throat right here in front of all of you guys if it meant God showing up. You've got would. to
2: pray a little bit harder. Right. Uh, but why? I don't know. Uh, why, why, why do I, why do I, it, I have to pray know, harder? It, I, if, I'm he's being oh, okay. <laughs> if I'm being honest, you know, uh, I'm probably in the minority of uh, the Christians in the Protestant church, in my thinking. I Not yeah. speaking of race. Nice. Oh! Ow. No, not not, not race. <laughs> <laughs> not race, Yeah. And God knows I'll play that card. <laughs> but um and what I mean by that is like you know, like he was saying early on in the in the podcast that so many other cultures at the time, especially in ancient times, had their gods. Everyone's had their god. And, you know, and what why? For me, I want to ask the question why did so many different people religious or not, you know, Christian or not, whatever their background was, why did they have this need for wanting to call something a god, and that's to justify things. That's to feel a deeper sense of purpose.
0: You don't think it's just people want answers?
2: Answers explaining things. Yes, yes, yes. Sometimes I just
0: feel like, like I, I feel like people are uncomfortable with the notion of saying you're atheist or agnostic, and you just don't know.
2: But what I'm saying is, what you, you know, kind of what you accuse us of in terms of believing in a god. I feel that a lot of atheists would also believe. And a Beyonce, in a pick your pop culture idol today, and how you worship them. To me, that's no different than a uh, a person who believes in faith, with everything they have, even they if exist. it's even if it's misguided. You said early on that you don't really believe in spirituality, but I abso- I absolutely do. I believe that there is some kind of connecting force that connects all human beings, regardless of religion or not regardless of your background, regardless of where you came from, that connects us all as human beings. If you want to call it a god or not, you don't have to. But I still think that there's something that connects us to another human being that pushes me towards empathy towards them.
0: I like it. So, I mean, I would agree with you to an extent there. But
2: what if i do psychedelics? But then we're talking about language. If I want to call that god, then that's the language I'm choosing to describe that. You know what I mean, and I'm not even necessarily subscribing to the God of the Old Testament. You know my feelings on that, yeah. but you know I feel like in the person of Jesus and what He taught, even if He didn't exist historically, and you could prove and you could put all the papers in front of me and say, "Ha ha, look, Gumby, He doesn't exist." What He taught and the truths that He taught compels me to do those things I was just saying to look at any other person who has nothing in common with me to have compassion and empathy and want to help them just because it's the right thing.
0: You don't think you'd have that without Boo. a God? Huh? You don't think you'd have that without a God?
2: I'm, I'm not subscribing to a God. Oh. Not the God of the Old Testament. Right.
0: But you said there's still lessons in there, though. Can you say?
2: In the new, uh, I'm talking about the lessons exactly. that Christ taught. I'm, I'm a big critic of the Old Testament. I mean, I am. I don't know if I'm a good Christian. I really don't know. Like I said, that's why I say I'm in the minority of Christians. I've been called a conservative liberal, a liberal conservative. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Here's what do you got. What are you hammering with us? Well, the reason why I'm Catholic is
3: because <laughs> evident, oh evidence led me there. So, All
0: right, So yeah. So, what's um, your strongest evidence? So, that's what I want to hear. So, we probably out. Before.
3: what guided me there first was, of course, philosophy and history. That's first... And you, know, you just go through your Thomas Aquinas' and stuff like that. and oh, So yes. philosophy and uh, history led me there. All right? But once I was there, I actually set out to, for example, disprove Marian apparitions. because And you don't have to believe them. You don't have to believe them. They're private revelations. So as a Catholic, you don't have to believe them. So I actually set out to disprove them, and I found mm-hmm. out that actual scientific... <laughs> scientific uh, peer view- peer-reviewed papers have been written on these, and examined, and evidence has been shown that they actually do happen. So, so you're a, you're a Lee strobel type character? Well, no, Hey, no. His books are Again, so, uh, yeah, yeah, you don't make it on Oprah. That's, it's not that's true. true. That's true. <laughs> but no, actual evidence does show. For example, well, like this shirt, for example, that shows Our Lady of Guadalupe, right? It, our Lady of Guadalupe should have turned to dust 500 years ago. It still exists. It survived fires. There's so many different studies have been done on it. It's ridiculous. It still exists to that today. Um, there's no The picture that's on there, there's no paint. There's no pigment. Her image is in there, and they don't have any knowledge of why it's there. But it's in the fibers of the agave plant. And so I mean, it's it's there, so that's evidence. If you go into other ones, um, again, we did we did two whole parts to this, so it's two hours. in five Marian apparitions, multiple hmm. scientific studies that were done on it, um, Eucharistic miracles where the wafers literally turn to flesh in front of the entire congregation. Bull I again. Don't a- Card medical out there. hold on medical Jesus, studies, there we go medical whoa, studies whoa, medical
0: studies
2: oh uh, A it, wafer
0: turned into flesh it did
2: now here's the scary part you ever eaten one of those here's you know the it's scary trans- part here's eat. the scary part
0: not only did it turn into flesh
3: <laughs> they've done studies on several of these medically again there's medical papers on this medically and they have the same blood type and it's the same exact flesh in all of them which should be, should be impossible. Rick,
0: have you heard of this? Because
3: we're talking about. I eight, have so many questions. We're talking He's about. Right. We are talking about eight hundred <laughs> years <laughs> apart on, on some of these. So again, there are mul- multiple peer reviewed medical studies done on this. Um, we're going to be doing a whole episode on this too, so it's it's coming up. I am actually trying to plan it out with one of the guys that actually holds several of the medical um, documentations on this, but you can you can search for it for yourself. You can find it. Oh, yeah. So hold
1: on, real quick. Quick question. Yes. If, <laughs> if a crumb from the wafer falls on the floor and a rat eats it, and it, it becomes the flesh of Christ in the rat's body. Is the rat sanctified now?
3: I can't answer to that.
1: <laughs> Good question. I can't answer that. Who knows? I'm intentionally trying to throw you for a loop. Don't, don't, don't.
3: We'll yeah. I can only answer to the things that I study. <laughs> is, is he a holy rat now? Is he a a priestly rat? I don't know. I am all too willing to worship a rat king. <laughs> but Amen. but but it was it was evidence that drew me to where I am now. So again, I am who I am because I let evidence guide me to where I am and that's why I'm here now. I guess say the same thing. Well, oh, yours would be lack of evidence. <laughs> oh.
0: oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I, I guess Uh-oh. maybe,
0: Ricky, maybe turning it around, maybe that is a good question. Um, <laughs> I, I, just because um, I, I, t- I agree with you. I think the evidence out there just doesn't quite paint the picture that it does for these guys around. It is, and I.
4: I'm talking science.
2: I'm talking spirituality.
4: Personal relationship.
2: (laughs) Not even talking the Bible. (laughs) It's true. We didn't didn't touch the Bible in any of those. You did it.
0: You did it. Um, The
2: Bible.
0: Yeah, I guess, you know, again, the burden of proof is on you guys. You know, you guys are making the claim
2: that that that's fair. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree I'm, with. that. I'm okay with that. I feel whoever makes the claim, burden of proof should be on them. Yeah, I appreciate that. I yeah. really do. Yeah. So many like Christians
1: were like, "The burden of proof is on the atheist." I'm like, F- "You no, have you read a Absolutely book of at not. All? Absolutely no.
3: not. In no. fact, one of those things that guided me back, I, I was evangelical, right? So I was evangelical, mm-hmm. and one of the things that started guiding me to the historic churches was the fact that. Evangelical apologetics suck. (laughs) And I started
2: finding out. watch it.
3: They do. They do. Evangelical apologetics suck. And um, I started realizing, dude, these atheists have really good questions. And when I went in, it was only the historic churches that had good answers. The evangelical churches, I'm sorry, their apologetics predominantly sucks. But when I went in and I used an Orthodox or a Catholic source, it just made sense philosophically, historically, spiritually, evidentially. It made sense. And so I let the evidence guide me there because Mm. I started realizing that the atheists were just asking out of all honesty and curiosity.
2: Yeah, but everybody doesn't come without any biases. So it would be interesting to see, you know, if research done on whoever's atheist now what percentage of that were catholic versus protestant Oh, i'm sure plenty of them plenty and, of them because let's face it there are a ton of terrible catholics maybe we are the common denominator. <laughs> um
0: ricky i think i got my my question what? For
1: you. don't say it isn't so all right sorry go
0: ahead uh i think i got my i got the, my words together for the question for you um what was some of the evidence that really drove you away because you said you would uh, you'd mentioned you had uh You kind of quit Christianity intellectually first, then emotionally later. Um, What were some of those points um, that really, I know you'd mentioned um, uh, not knowing who wrote some of the chapters or whatnot, but yeah, what were some of those moments that you're like, whoa, this doesn't add up. You know, this is a gaping hole in your rhetoric, you know?
1: Yeah, probably the the biggest one is you know, like I alluded to earlier, that the fact that the gospels were written anonymously. Um, I, I had been a Christian for like 10 years prior, and I always been told that the gospels are are legitimate and trustworthy because they're written by eyewitnesses. And then I go to Bible college, and literally one of the first things you learn and one of the first classes you take is, okay. Forget everything you've ever learned about the Bible from church. That is absolutely the truth. And then you learn, hey, we don't actually know who wrote the Gospels. It almost definitely was not Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then you learn how old they were and how they were passed on by oral tradition and how easily it is to change from oral tradition or because of oral tradition. So that to me was a big pivotal point for me. Um, I had also realized that I'd always tried to reconcile science with my faith. I, I never tried to deny science the way a lot of Christians do.
0: And Juice does. Um, he thinks they ride together well. I think so.
1: Yeah. yeah, And, and I lean towards that way too. Like, where, wherever the science led, I, I tend to adjust my interpretation of the Bible accordingly. So,
2: well, you know who invented science? Sorry,
1: sorry,
3: dude. They did.
0: <laughs> Jew says Catholics invented science. A, a lot of branches of, of science Catholics were founded science by Catholics. By Catholics. <laughs> it was. It was. Yeah.
3: A lot of it was.
0: I I always <laughs> adjusted
3: my this, opinion
1: <laughs> accordingly, and I I got to the point where I was like, okay, the the creation narrative was a
2: mm.
1: was a Hebrew poem. It was allegorical, as was. Uh, Noah's Ark. Okay, that was taken from the Epic of Gilgamesh. Okay, the the Noah's Ark or the Exodus was taken from the Emeur Pyrus. Okay, that I, I always tend to adjust my opinion accordingly, and, and uh, to to the point where I was like, okay, the the bulk of the the Old Testament, I, I can understandably um justifiably say that th- these things were just like allegorical teachings of the character and nature of, of, of God. Uh, and, but then we got into the New Testament, which I was like, okay, the New Testament, this is my jam, this is where it's at, this is the true God. And then you're like, hey, by the way, we don't know who wrote the Gospels. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, they they don't claim to have been written by eyewitnesses either. I'm sorry what? Yeah, and Paul only wrote less than half of the epistles that the church says. I'm sorry, what? Acts is a Pauline legend, not written by Luke, actually. I'm sorry, what? Revelation is more likely to be a historical account of the first century Rome and the fall of the Roman Empire that rather is true. than a prophetic literature. I'm sorry, what? So, yeah, thank you. So all this kind of hit me at once, and I was like, okay, and, and I would hold the Bible in my hands. And I'm like, what the f*** is this? What, what, even, what even is this that I'm holding my hands Right? I've been told all this time is the infallible, inspired word of God, and now I'm learning that, no, it's not. So how can I believe and have faith in any of it at all and that's where a lot of my my issues came from
3: mm-hmm. Well that's so, yeah. that's actually why I, I started my historical research that's I collected all of the um anti-nicene writings you know the 400 years of writings mm-hmm. from the first century all the way through uh, Nicaea. Yeah, and, and, and that's period
4: yeah.
3: that's actually where I started my my research
4: what about the apostles themselves like historical evidence I haven't researched that but doesn't seem to be much historical debate that the apostles did exist and suffer death mm-hmm. accordingly.
3: We still know where their remains are. Whose remains? The apostles. We know where they are. Do yeah, we? Yep. Says who? Says historical record.
2: Says Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> yeah, like
3: the Pope. Yeah. Like we could go in and dig them up now. You don't have to dig. You don't don't have to dig them up. We know where they are. They're actually in the historic churches where, in the areas where they died.
1: But if we did, would we find holes in the hands of Peter and in and, and
3: his legs? Probably his feet, not, because there wouldn't be any like, indentations because there'd be bones. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, Peter, in fact, believe it or not, sits right underneath. He was buried under under the Vatican. That's that's why the Vatican established their residence there was because that's where his remains were. That's and, a really cool church
2: too. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: and during uh, they actually sent, they actually sent people down into the tunnels mm-hmm. to find his tomb, and and they they found it. You
2: could pray there,
1: right? I tell you, I would drain my savings account, in in order to to get like an hour, into those catacombs, wow.
3: unsupervised. Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, well, you know, you, I, mean, I don't know about that <laughs>
3: you would have to be you would have to be supervised. But uh, even the secret, even the Vatican "quote unquote" secret archives is fully accessible to anybody. You just simply have to make sure you make arrangements to go there because most of the documents are in a very fragile state. So, yeah,
2: yeah because they're mostly papyrus, and or not, you can't be Order. a woman. You <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was a jab. On that note.
0: And are we ready to call it a night, boys?
2: Yeah. yeah. All right.
0: You want to sound us off, my man? Or well, you know what? Before we go, real quick, uh, Rick, Captain Deadpool, what do you got going on? I know you were talking about doing uh, potentially a podcast of your own. Um, I know you like to attend podcasts. Uh, what do you got going on? Anything you want to you want to puff up?
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm trying to get a, a podcast and YouTube channel going. I think I'm going to try to do a, a Discord server chat or discussion group, and then um, convert that to podcast and YouTube format. Um, the kind of, kind of the same way a lot of people like T-Jump does. Um, but I'm, I'm still, I'm not very uh, good at the techie side of things. So I'm still trying to figure out those things out. So stay tuned for that. But for now, yeah, you can find me on, on the talk, talk, at Captain Dadpool 86. Awesome.
2: Nice.
1: Uh, that's where most of my content, pretty much all of my content, comes from at this point.
3: Okay. Very cool. Very cool. Okay. Mike, final, final thoughts?
4: No, this has been great. I really appreciate you joining us. I think it really helped. I think it balanced it out. I and mean, in George is kind of like fending us all off. It's nice for him not to be <laughs> ambushed. Um, but I, I really appreciate whenever we do have the countering thoughts come on because it it does challenge me to think outside the box and I always I think there's a purpose for it all yeah Gonna be right.
2: yeah no I appreciate your perspective and your sincerity the questions and uh, actually I think there's a lot of evangelicals you can't learn uh from some of that <laughs> um yeah no I think there's there, there, there should be more common ground yeah. so yeah that's a taboo over brew. <laughs>
0: ricky i appreciate you taking the time uh i'm a fan of your tiktoks you know again these guys drag me to deep waters i i don't have the knowledge like you have i kind of joined because of uh some conversations i had with juice that we would have after practice or having beers and i i kind of got this seat you know uh just out of fun but i'm not really that educated or have a deep knowledge so i appreciate you coming on and you know treading Come into on. deep waters with these guys so uh thank you for your time man I want to
3: thank you for uh, for coming on. You've been more than accommodating. You're quite knowledgeable. You've been fun. Uh, if ever in the future you want to come back on, we would more than welcome you. All right? It's a, it's a blast. So maybe in the future, uh, skeptics, right? Maybe
0: when I need to phone a friend for help on something. Yeah. All right. <laughs>
3: so uh, Please check us out on every social media platform, Facebook, Twitter, you name it. Please donate on Patreon or even just at forward slash Bible over Thank you and Godspeed.
2: Peace. Good night. Cheers. Cheers.